Hello and welcome to episode 34 of iPhone Life Podcast. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine. I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life Magazine. And I'm Connor Carey, feature web writer on iPhoneLife.com. We've got a huge show for you today. We're going to cover everything you need to know about WWDC and all of the new software releases coming out this fall. That's right. All right. It was exciting if you guys tuned in yesterday. And if you didn't, don't worry. We will keep you updated and give you our opinions. Uh, But first, let me tell you about iPhone Life Tip of the Day. It's our free newsletter. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you go subscribe. Every day we send you a cool tip, something you didn't know you could do with your iPhone or iPad that'll save you some time. Uh, and so to subscribe, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip. Donna or Connor, whichever one, <laughs> tell me about your favorite tip. <laughs> so this week, this is actually an Apple TV tip. Every once in a while we throw in one of those. Um, So if you have the fourth generation Apple TV, that's the most recent one, you can now pair a Bluetooth headset with your Apple TV. If you have an older one, you have to use, you have to actually plug it in. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad actually has, he has an older Apple TV and he just has one with like a really long cord that he plugs (laughs) in so that he doesn't bug my mom when he's watching late night TV and she's trying to sleep. So this is a good tip. (laughs) If you have the new one, you don't need to have that annoying cord. And you can just go in your Apple TV, go to the settings app, select remotes and devices, choose Bluetooth, and then Apple TV will search for Bluetooth devices in the area. So if you have your headset, make sure you have it in pairing mode and it'll just pair like you would with your iPhone. Um, and so that's just a, a handy tip for all of you late night TV watchers <laughs> who, who are, are unpopular. Who are living with people who are not late night TV watchers. Yeah. I actually had to buy one of my roommates. Uh, it was, this was before the new Apple TV came out. And it was one of those kind of old school wireless headphones that like have, I don't know, it's like radio signal or something. And, you know, it's like you have to like tune in to the right frequency on the side. And they're like surprisingly expensive and really not very high quality. Hmm. Um, And it's kind of like you move a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and it gets all fuzzy. So definitely this is a nice solution for people who have roommates or, you know, partners who are watching late night TV when you're trying to sleep or vice versa. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. So once again, that's iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe. Uh, Next up, we're going to answer one of our insider questions. If you haven't heard of iPhone Life Insider, it's our premium subscription. Uh, Every day we email you a video tip teaching you how to do something cool with your iPhone and iPad. We have in-depth video guides. We just came out with the iPhone Life uh, privacy guide, which is really a must, must watch slash read. I think you guys probably know about it because we interviewed uh, an expert on and we put uh, some of it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But that's our latest guide and we come out with regular guides teaching you how to do cool things with your iPhone. Uh, and in addition to that, we answer questions. So Donna, what was uh, what was your favorite question from this week? Usually Sarah does it because she's yeah. the our official. Uh, hey Sarah. Yeah, she's our official. <laughs> hey Sarah. She has a column now called Hey Sarah. If you check it out on our website, where we post answers to the questions. But uh, Sarah is home with a sick child today, so Donna can mm-hmm. cover for her. So I'm just gonna read Sarah uh, one of Sarah's answers to a recent question. So here we go. 
Hey Sarah, how do I delete all 17,000 of my unread emails at once? Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> I have like even more than that. Let me look what How I do people do this? Okay, so there are two inbox 17,000. <laughs> there are two types of people there are two in the types world. Of people in this world. Those who strive for inbox zero and those who could care less. And I'm very clearly in the care less camp. How about you guys? I can't do without inbox zero for more than like a week. It drives mm, yeah. me nuts. I'm like actually in the process of making the switch to David's side. <laughs> because it's just, it's to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> right now I have like 500 unread emails. Okay. And wow. usually every week I get to inbox zero, but I'm like, this is exhausting. I just That's need to... That's a lot of freaking emails to go through it every is. week. But yeah, so I just, um, I've just been like skimming and getting the ones that are personally to me. And then, yeah. Yeah. Is that how you do it? Yeah, here's my solution. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're getting a little off topic here, but everybody struggles with this, so I think it's relevant. Um, I mean, first of all, I probably get, I don't know, at least 200 emails a day. Jeez. So it's a lot. Uh, and probably 90% of them are, you know, either press releases or people who are trying to sell me something, and I really don't need to deal with them. Yeah. Um, I probably read about, you know, 10 to 15 emails a day out of those 200. So what I do is I go through and I read the ones I want to read, and I'll reply, uh, and I'll just ignore the rest. <laughs> now, what I'm supposed to be doing, here, I'll tell you what my system is supposed to be, <laughs> but I don't always do it, which is, because sometimes I don't have time to reply right away, and then they get lost in the sea of all right. the other ones. So I'm supposed to flag the ones that I want to reply to later, yeah. and then go and like clear out my flagged inbox uh, at some point. I never do that anymore. So I just <laughs> hope that I remember, and if I don't, then sorry, people. <laughs> so uh, my system, I have a system that works, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. So what do, what do you guys do? How do you handle this email situation? Um, I, I don't know. At work, I like tend to put all the press emails until they build up to like 200. Mm -hmm. Then I go through them all at once. And my personal email. Press emails for the record. We get a lot of press releases. Yeah. 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 And then my personal email, I just wait until the weekend and like delete anything I don't absolutely want to read and just sit down and like try to enjoy going through them. <laughs> Put yeah. on some good music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have a yeah. little email date with myself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> with my personal email, I definitely get to inbox zero. Yeah. But um, so this person wants to get to inbox zero and right now is inbox 17,000. <laughs> so this is what Sarah says. Dear inbox, you can delete everything from an individual email inbox, not all of your inboxes, by going into each inbox, such as Yahoo, Google, or whatever other account you have set up with the mail app on your iPhone, and tapping edit in the upper right corner, and then tapping trash all. Um, so Google's default is to archive your emails instead of delete them, but if you wanna change that and have them actually be deleted, you can go to settings, mail contacts, calendars, Gmail, an account and advanced, <laughs> so you have to go into a lot of different settings here, and under move discarded messages into select deleted mailbox. Um, well, again, we'll have this in our blog post because it's a lot to follow just with listening. Um, if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast. This is actually a really good tip too because I guess nobody will be surprised to learn that my inbox was getting very full lately. I had like 95% full inbox. Um, for the record, I don't know if I said I have 
23,000 unread messages, which is actually decreased by a lot. I had about 100,000 unread messages. That's Um, crazy, David. So I had to go delete a lot of them to clear up space. And I did it on Mac Mail, and it was really a terrible experience. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Mac Mail just freaked out because I don't think it was designed to be able to delete that many emails at the same time, and it used up all my RAM, and my Mac Mail kept crashing. So if you are like me and you accumulate a lot of unread emails and then you want to delete them, doing it from your iPhone is actually a very good thing to do because I mm. think it'll work a lot better than if you do it from your computer. It's mm. one of those weird things where usually when you're doing enterprise-type stuff, you, computers work better. But this, I think, it's a nice little hack to do it from your iPhone. Yeah, that's good to know. And, and if you have the Gmail app instead of using the Mail app, uh, it's even easier. You just In the search bar, you type is colon unread and then only your unread emails will appear and then you can click select all and click delete Mm -hmm. so that's a good way for gmail users which probably a lot of you are (laughs) that being said i love archiving in gmail because sometimes you want to search you don't need to delete that like i've never come close to running out of space in gmail yeah and i'm obviously an email hoarder so (laughs) uh so i highly recommend archiving because you never know when you want to go search later Especially if Gmail is like your professional account, then it's nice if you get those professional emails, they're archived just in case you have to go back and search through them. Exactly, exactly. All right, so once again, iphonelife.com slash insider to subscribe to the insider. Let's talk about uh, things we learned slash complaints from this week. All right. Um, I had a chance to use the iPad Pro. Um, uh, One of the founders of the company, Hal Goldstein, has an iPad Pro and he brought it in uh, last week. And he was complaining to me about how the smart keyboard doesn't... um, now this, sorry, interrupting. Now this was the the new iPad Pro, right? The, the 9.7 inch. Okay. Yeah, and so he brought in the, the smart keyboard that connects on the bottom, and once it's connected, it's supposed to switch mode so that it will you can type on the keyboard instead of on the uh, tablet keyboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it just a lot of times doesn't work, even though it's like definitely been connected, and he said he'd have to restart his oh, iPad. No. And so, yeah, I was just talking with him and trying it out myself a little bit. And I thought that's like, you know... That would That's be kind so of a deal breaker yeah. to me. I mean, you just with those types of attachable keyboards, you just need for them to work, or else right. you're just like if it doesn't work some of the time, I feel like you're just not going to use it. And if you have to restart your device, then Bluetooth would have been easier in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I had a Bluetooth keyboard um, for a little while that I used with my iPhone, and uh-huh. it worked really well. So you would think that this new technology they've been, you know, right, t- right. saying would be better, but. Mm-hmm. So that's a complaint on behalf of Hal. There you go. <laughs> Hal gets his two cents in. <laughs> yeah. And Connor, you were asked to fill in for Sarah last minute. So I don't know if you had a chance yeah. to think about it. I've been racking my brain for All a complaint, right. but I don't know that I have one, except maybe... Well, you can say things you learned, too. We don't, we don't always have to complain well, here. Well, I've never complained on the podcast. Oh, okay. I want to complain. No, do it. What do you got? What do you got? Okay, I don't know if this is going to... Be a part of the Apple Music revamp, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But (laughs) if it isn't, I'm going to be upset. I really need all of my personal library music to easily transfer to my iPhone. Mm. And right now that just doesn't happen. Yeah, this has mm. been this has been a pretty long standing complaint. Yeah, Yeah, this has been a saga. So what do you mean? (laughs) Why? What? What isn't happening that you want to happen? It's 
basically, if I want the music I personally own to get onto my iPhone, I have to turn off iCloud Music Library, which then removes all of my Apple Music downloaded music. So I might get my music, but now I don't have the music that I've been curating from Apple, which means I have to re-download all of that just to get some mm. of my own personal music on there. So as an Apple Music sub- subscriber, you basically have to choose between the Apple Music system or the music you've pre- previously curated, curated on my own. that you bought through iTunes or that you just, it's your own music? It's my own the, music, like from uh, years of CDs or if I right. go buy a new CD, like I went and got Beyonce's album uh-huh. and I still don't of have course. that dang no. album on my iPhone. How are you living? Because I'm paying for title. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. You're paying, you're paying $25 dollars a month to be able to listen to Beyonce's album? I think it's 12, but oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. see how long it lasts, but right yeah. now. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> so, there that's you go. my complaint. Okay. <laughs> um, I have... I, um, this is kind of like my little confessional time, apparently. All, right. All the stupid things that I do and then don't tell anybody and somehow the mic gets turned on and I feel compelled to like confess what happened. So I did something stupid again. <laughs> again involving eBay. Oh, no. <laughs> really, the saga with eBay continues for me. Um, so a while back, I sold a bunch of stuff on eBay. I already confessed that I was a victim of eBay fraud and sent right. my iPhone and never got paid. Um, so that was that was a while ago. Um, but so I, I kept getting emails, receipts from TV shows that I wasn't watching. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? I haven't even seen these shows. I haven't even heard of them. And it was like, you know, once every month or two, it'd be like a TV show. And I kept not bothering. Yeah. Finally, so th- like I got like two receipts in one day for like a TV show that I hadn't watched. And I went in and checked it out. And I was like, where are these coming from? And it turned out that I had also sold my Apple TV a while back. Oh, no. I, what? And I had forgotten to like reset it. <gasps> oh, uh, no. Um, you know, and I always reset my iPhone because there's all this personal data. Like, I would never think to sell it without clearing it. But Apple TV, it just didn't occur to me. There wasn't, like, personal data. Yeah. And whoever bought it just kept it signed in. And, like, just, like, every <laughs> once in a while would get a TV show or two. <laughs> that person is kind of smart. Yeah, they were savvy. Um, I, so... <laughs> I contacted Apple, and their customer support was pretty solid. They reimbursed me for the TV shows. Nice. Yeah, and they, like, they like turned off. I guess I can do that, too. If you go into iCloud, iCloud.com, it'll show you everything you're logged in on. Yeah. And if you've messed up, mm. like me, and you're stupid, you can then go log out from those devices. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, so wow. good practice if you're sitting here listening to this podcast and suddenly panicking, realizing <laughs> all the devices you forgot to log out of. Um, and if you sell stuff on eBay, lots of ways it can go wrong, apparently. Seriously. <laughs> um, you know, the good news is I'm pretty sure I have those TV shows now, so I can always <laughs> go watch them. Is and now they're the, free. Is this one of the devices that you also didn't get paid for? No, this was a device. This was a, a, another complaint a while back 
they I sent this into eBay Valet and they sold it for twenty dollars. It was an Apple TV. Like I mean, I know you can buy it new for like a hundred bucks, but like twenty bucks <laughs> would have given it to a friend for twenty bucks. Right. Yeah, seriously. So many complaints with eBay. I'm a little bit frustrated, and I don't have any good <laughs> solutions. And we're coming up to a point where I'm gonna, you know, in the fall, sell my next iPhone, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Um, Cool new apps or gear tried this week, guys. Ooh, I'm excited about mine. (laughs) Then go first. Go first. Uh, So Motion Stills is a new app that Google uh, launched. That yeah, yeah, it lets you turn your live photos into gifts. And I recently I mentioned this on the podcast before. I was using LiveGIF to do this, Mm. but that you have to pay two dollars for. And this one is free, and it I in my opinion it's better. Because you can, it features image stabilization, so it makes them look, your live photos look smoother. Much needed. And then it also lets you string together your live photos into little movies. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So, and it's a nice interface and it's just like, you know, I have a bunch of live photos on my phone that I'm not doing anything with mm-hmm. because like a lot of people, if you share them with, can't see them. So turning them right. into GIFs, I think is Cool. Mm-hmm. So now maybe you'll maybe you'll be there seeing you some little GIF movies. I me. I used a similar app. I think it was called. Oh God, I'm gonna have to look it up. Wasn't now. it Live GIF? Yeah. yeah oh, that's yeah. the one you're talking that's about. That's the one that I used before. Oh yeah, and we I got some really fun for me and embarrassing for Sarah photos of Sarah <laughs> dancing on Halloween. <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> it was very entertaining. It was like cat eye glasses yeah. and, and a wig. Worth it. Yeah. Um. Does it let you, one of the things that I've always wanted to do, this is, I guess, a bonus complaint. Sometimes I'll do a live photo, and the photo that gets, like, chosen as the oh, photo yeah. is bad, but if I look through the live photo, there's moments in there that are much better. Very good point. Does it Does it let you, like, change Mm-mm. that now? But that's going to be part of iOS 10. Oh, is it? I think so because they did show the ability to edit your live photos. Mm. So it seems natural to me that that would be You can choose the frame. Yeah. Yeah, you should be able to. And I I tried to like hack the system by doing like a screenshot mid live photo, which I thought was going to be like, I was pretty proud of myself. But it like, the screenshot was like mid frame. So it was like two images combined. Weird. So... Don't try that. <laughs> All right. Um, what are your favorite apps or gear this week? Um, this app, I, I recently updated our out-of-office reply article. And during it, I realized someone had commented being like, okay, that's great. I love being able to do this for email, but can I do it for my phone? Mm. And I discovered that if you're a Verizon user, you can. And the app is called Messages Plus, And it very easily allows you to set up an automatic text reply. So if you go on vacation and you just don't want to hear from people, you can set that up. And even if they text you, you just don't want to hear. You just don't. (laughs) (laughs) There are people. (laughs) Can you do it for individual people? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't want to hear any people. David is out of the office for the next six months to a year. (laughs) Just don't, don't. Call me, don't text me. I'm on vacation. <laughs> so uh, once again, what's this app called? Messages Plus. All That's right. awesome. That is, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, it's a really useful one. Because when I went, I went to New Zealand for a month, 
and my phone was off, well, I had a SIM card of a different number, right. anybody who texted me during that time who didn't have an iPhone so that it didn't go through iMessage mm -hmm. just never heard from me. Right, mm -hmm. so you could have had a message that was like, if you need to reach me, here's my number yeah. while I'm away. Yeah, exactly. So for overseas travel, that's yeah. really good. Or, you know, if you're someone who wants to go on a vacation from your phone and just <laughs> leave it turned off. But is it sending a text back to the person? Like, would yeah. you get charged for those text messages, I wonder? Oh, oh, I would imagine it would send a text from your... Oh, but my phone it has a different... It would be complicated with a different SIM card, I think. Yeah, that'd be hmm. something to look into. Mm -hmm. But And the distinction here, right, is that you, you can send an out-of-office reply in your email account yeah. on your right. iPhone. And like that, we have a whole article that we can also right. post to um, on how to do that, that Connor put together, and also how to do it on your laptop. But this is... Through your messages app? For yeah, specifically for text. For people messages. who text you, which okay, is cool. cool. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't yet read Connor's How to Send an Out of Office Reply, uh no, not novel because <laughs> it's true, but it's a very long post. Yes. It is amazing. Make sure you go read it next time you want to send an out of office. It turns out we discovered that there's it's really complicated to do in that there's a million different email ser services. Yeah. Each one is very different how to set up. Very few of them are intuitive. And there's not a lot of good resources out there to help people. Surprisingly yeah. not, yeah. Like when we Googled it, there really wasn't. Mm -hmm. So Connor stepped up to help oh, humanity oh. to go on vacation better. Humanity <laughs> 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 go on vacation better. I like that. Uh, and we will post to that in the podcast. And next time you guys go on vacation, make sure you read this first. Um, so. Yeah, and she has a table of contents in there and everything so you can see, you know, based on what device you have and what email account you use, you can quickly jump to the part that applies to you and yeah. get, get your mm -hmm. uh, information quickly. Mm -hmm. So mine i am writing an article for the next issue for um for our buyer's guide about speakers mm -hmm. so i got in my next pair of speakers that <laughs> i'm going to tell you guys about um these are the libretone zips Whoa. uh and i'm really into them so they're libretone is one of my favorite speaker companies because they just have really good industrial design like all mm. their speakers just look so sleek Really stylish, really nice UI. Um, the zips are, they have a zip and a zip mini. I have the zip. They're $2.99 and they look like, I don't know, kind of a giant can or pill. But like, huh. imagine that, but looking nice. <laughs> um, and what's really cool about, there's a few things I like. Number one, they're Spotify compatible, nice. as we'll get into with Apple Music. I am firmly in team Spotify. Yep. <laughs> so what that means is rather than having to do AirPlay where you're streaming from your phone to your speakers, you mm. can stream directly from Spotify to your speakers. Cool. Um, Interesting. Which means, no, it just seems to kind of work a little bit better. Also, not that this is necessarily that useful, but I can, like, I could from right now start playing on my speakers even though they're at home. Really? Uh, yeah, because they're just connected to Spotify, and I could control Spotify from here. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, and when yeah. I'm in Spotify, it's it's like one less step to play them. Uh -huh. It's like rather than having to go into my uh, AirPlay settings, it's just right there. So somewhere in Spotify, it lets you connect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how, like, I'm sure you guys have noticed this, you can play from different devices. So, like, if I'm on my iPhone... I can play music from my computer if, if, if Spotify's on my computer and on my iPhone. Mm. Um, so it's like that, except for rather than being on a computer, it's just playing directly to speakers. Cool. Uh, the, the best part, though, 
is similar to Sonos, it lets you link speakers together. So they nice. sent me two of them, and I have them in my kitchen. I have one on each side, and you can set them up in stereo mode where it's like left speaker, right speaker. Yeah. And cool. so you can like link these together, and so then you get this really nice, rich sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they also are battery, come, have battery power for like eight hours. So they're plugged in now, but let's say I want to, I don't know, go out on the deck or something like that. I can unplug them, and they're very portable and carry them around. Nice. Um, yeah. So pretty into them, Libertone zips. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's move on to WWDC. Yes. We all had fun watching it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's dive right in. I think what we're going to do here is we're going to go through all three operating systems now. So first, actually, let me back up if you don't know what WWDC is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> WWDC is Worldwide Developer Conference. Apple, every June, holds a conference for developers. Uh, in the beginning of the conference, the first day, they have a keynote address where they announce the new operating systems for all of their devices, basically. Yeah. So for iOS, we, they just announced iOS 10, which was the big one, but they also announced Watch OS 3 for the Apple Watch, Apple OS Two for the Apple TV. Um, TVOS. TVOS, thank yeah. you, thank it's you. Like, great. <laughs> and what used to be OS X is oh. now Mac OS. And mm-hmm. they announced a new one of that. Yes. So we've got a lot to cover, got a lot of features here. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the features of all the new OSs, tell you about them, and weigh in on, you know, whether we're happy with the operating systems, what they left out, uh, and whether we think those features that they added are cool. Um, so, let's start with tvOS so Donna what's new in tvOS well one of the features I'm the most excited about is single Mm sign-on which basically if you are a cable or dish subscriber currently you have to sign in separately to every app that um, okay so for instance (laughs) HBO uh, you have to sign in through your cable subscription or dish subscription in the HBO app in order to access that content and then any other uh, content that you should technically have access to, you have to sign in again and so it's just pretty inconvenient. So now with this, you can just sign in once and it will show you all the content that you get access to within your Apple TV so you don't have to to mess with it and that just sounds thank goodness so mm-hmm. nice because right now like I'm not I'm not accessing a lot of content that I could because right. I do um, have cable and just because I don't want to deal with it. Right. I agree. <laughs> this is, this is to me is the highlight of tvOS. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, and it's solving two pretty large problems. The first one is when you went to use an app on your Apple TV that from a service like this, you had to go through this whole rigmarole of taking out your phone and going mm-hmm. to HBO go.com slash activate and typing in this code authenticated uh, yeah mm. and it took forever and then for whatever reason a month later hbo go would be like wait i haven't heard of you you need to activate and like every month you're activating all of your services <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous and also and then also they have more than one app like hbo has a second app for people who are just paying uh, a la carte for HBO. Mm-hmm. And so that gets confusing too. You're like, which app on the Apple TV mm-hmm. am I supposed to be signing in through? Right. And, and like at this point, I have a bunch of services, Netflix, HBO Go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it gets, it's a hassle. Right, it is. The other problem solved in this is there's a lot of times that there is an app that I do have access to because I subscribe to Dish Mm -hmm. that I don't know about. Yeah. And it's really nice. And some, I mean, it's nice for a few reasons. Sometimes you can watch old shows that you may not have TiVoed, but aren't like active, you know, that you can't get through Dish. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the UI is really nice. I remember for um, March Madness, I really liked watching college basketball through Apple TV because it was easy to switch from game Mm. to game. You could have two games side by side. It showed you scores. And so this, not only will the single sign-in uh, make it so you don't have to do the stupid activate on your phone thing. Mm-hmm. It also, like you were saying, shows you all of the apps that you are eligible for based on your subscription. Right. Yeah, so it kind of encourages you to stay within the Apple TV system instead of currently I've been just going and using uh, my my cable instead mm-hmm. to access that content. And like it really doesn't seem like it should be that hard for Apple to beat the UI of cable because mm-hmm. that sucks. Cable right. UI is the worst yeah. UI. <laughs> so this, I think, will actually make that possible. Yeah. So besides that, with tvOS, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, there's a new remote app on the iPhone, which definitely the remote app uh, could use some Thank improving. Thank God. Yeah, so this is a good thing. Um, and then also there's a new Sling app. So if you're into sports, the Sling uh, Sling TV service is probably the best way to get that if you're not a cable subscriber. And you can now watch like four games at once on the screen mm. um, with the Sling app. And none of this is going to be available till the fall, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to me... I was really happy about the TV uh, remote app because the little Apple TV remote, it's uh, the new one I really like, the like glass and it's like really easy to use, Mm -hmm. but it's so small and I always (laughs) use it. And my dog's just obsessed with lying on top of remotes, and then you can't find them, and you have to like right. wake him up to get to it. <laughs> uh, and, and so I'd always try to use the uh, app, but it didn't have the Siri functionality. Right. It was like so useless and bad. So this was mm-hmm. a long time coming. Yeah, it was for sure. Um, just correcting myself, I'm pretty sure the Sling app actually is going to be available sometime this summer. Okay. Um, but tvOS won't be released until gotcha. fall. Have you guys used the Sling app at all? No. No, I haven't. No. I haven't quite gotten myself to cut the cord yet. I'm, I'm thinking. You know what? I'm. I would consider it because really the main reason I have it is sports. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have it except for that my husband's really into sports and yeah. like. Sling seems like the only decent alternative. I'll have to look. My my main concern would be um, red zone. For the for football, you can watch like all the games, and I don't know mm. if they have that on Sling. We'll have to look. Yeah, I'll keep you posted in things I learned <laughs> next time. Episode thirty-five. And then Siri was improved for TVOS too, but it didn't seem like anything crazy. Like it's going to be able to search more shows than before, Multiple or YouTube criteria. Oh yeah, YouTube yeah. was a good one. Well, for Siri, you can, with the new TVOS, you can search for multiple criteria. So you could That's say, yeah, so you could say, show me romance movies from the 1950s. Whereas before, you could just say one or the other. Right. Okay. Okay. That, That's that, pretty cool. That does make sense. Yeah. The, the example they used is so bad that I kind of like, they were like, show me high school movies from the 80s. And yeah. I'm like, tuned out. Yeah. I was like, I, like that doesn't sound useful. I, I do <laughs> love high school movies from the 80s for the record. But like, <laughs> I would have just 
said show me John Hughes movies and problem solved. <laughs> this is cool because with the fourth generation Apple TV, I feel like it is um, it is great that you can search for all these things, but if you don't word it just the right way or if you say something yeah. a little bit outside of series range of yeah. capabilities, then you won't get any results. Yeah, so this she, should help with that. Yeah, they definitely do need to slowly improve it because, yeah, the contextual sentences aren't the best and sometimes, like, you know, when I wanted to watch Aziz Ansari stand-up, Siri was just hopelessly confused. <laughs> so definitely a little bit of improvement there. Yeah. Um, overall, um, thumbs up, thumbs down on the TVOS. This one I was kind of the most underwhelmed by of all the software updates. What about you guys? Yeah, I think the improvements they made were good. Mm-hmm. They didn't, so we'll get into iOS 10 later. Some of the improvements in iOS 10 just seemed silly and useless. All the improvements <laughs> here seemed really solid, Yeah. but nothing flashy or exciting, kind of just like, a, okay, we added a few things that we really should have had from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like single sign-on, I'm really happy about, but it, I wouldn't say that's like a really, it seems like you said it should have already been there. In general, when I watch WWDC, First of all, can we just pause and say WWDC is really awkward to say? Mm-hmm. I'm having to say a lot. WWDC. When I watch it, I tend to have this reaction, which is kind of irrational, but it just makes me angry. <laughs> like they announce things and it just makes me, it's like they're so, once you hear them, they're so like obvious that it just right. makes me angry that they haven't had them the whole time. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like the TV remote. It was like they announced it, and I was, my first reaction was, oh, thank God. And my second reaction is, where was this two years ago, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, I agree. Solid solid update. All right. Now for the uh, – actually, let's skip to watch OS and come back to Save iOS. Save iOS 10 yeah, for the last. I feel like it's yeah. the most exciting it was, one. Well, spoiler. it was <laughs> – spo- spoiler alert. Um, okay, watch OS. So this one I was really happy. Yeah, what why? Okay, well first of all, they started the whole thing by showing us how much faster our apps are going to be able to load. Thank yeah. you. Again, Yay. that was one thing where I watched and I was like it, it was it was a yeah, mixture of being yeah. really excited and just like getting angry all over again at how <laughs> slow apps load on the Apple Watch. Seriously, and Todd, uh, one of our bloggers wrote a, a good article this morning about how the Apple Watch was broken, or rather is, since we don't have OS 3 yet. Mm -hmm. And it just basically said that, oh, that the, oh crap, I forgot. (laughs) That the loading time, um, oh, it was fixed with the software, not the hardware. So like they didn't even need to release a new watch to fix this issue. So that does play into that anger thing. It's like if it's a software problem. Yeah, it wasn't like the hardware was slow. It was just they, they, it was... Right. Yeah, because I, I thought it was like not technically possible. Maybe be with the way they had it set up, because like your watch would have to be huge in order for it to be like loading right. apps itself. But no, no, no that's not no. the case. And uh, my my favorite line from the Watch OS uh, announcement, he's like. I think it's, what, eight times faster? Seven times. He's like, that <laughs> loads seven times faster, but it feels like a million times faster. <laughs> and I, like everybody who has an Apple Watch just nodded along uh-huh. being like, yes. Yep. <laughs> there's like, somehow there's nothing more painful than waiting for an app or software on your computer to load. I know. It's even like, like starting a workout on my Apple Watch, mm-hmm. like I just sometimes just don't even do it, to be honest, because I, th- I find it annoying how long it takes. Yeah, it's so funny like still too. Thinking, it's like still thinking. the things we're willing to like to wait for and not like mm-hmm. you know it's like I probably spend 
20 minutes a day on Facebook doing absolutely nothing. But God forbid I have to spend an extra second (laughs) waiting for an app to load and I'm going to go crazy. (laughs) Okay, so that was the big one is the the faster app load. What Mm -hmm. were some other big ones? The Breathe app, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, instead of stand reminders, you can, well... In addition to stand reminders, you can now get breathe reminders. <laughs> that was, I, I, I tweeted, we, I, we were David like tweeting. David wasn't into it. I, I tweeted, if my Apple Watch reminds me to breathe, I'm going to throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Just, uh, take a deep breath now. <laughs> I was like, shut up, I'm working. <laughs> So how does it work? So Donna, it's, it's Donna, a Donna app, we were all trashing, and then Donna stood in defense to it. So Donna, Donna like, oh, why are you it? excited about this? Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Well, it's like a guided meditation app, and I feel like there's something nice about the Apple Watch as as a means to do that because it's a more um, kind of subtle interface, and and just will give you little like rem- like little taps on your wrist when you're it's time to finish meditating or when it's time to start instead of like speaking to you. I think that could work kind of nicely. I might enjoy that. Um, But it kind of is yet to be seen whether or not um, it's kind of a gimmick or not, you Mm -hmm. know? To me, what would make it useful is if that app is like listening to your heartbeat and Mm -hmm. notices when you're like, other than when you're working out, but notices (laughs) when you're like stressed based on your heartbeat. Yeah, I'm really interested in that. And then tells you to take a deep breath. So it can be a stress indicator. Right. But if it's just every hour telling me to take a deep breath, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to see, to me, the worst case scenario is when I'm feeling kind of pissed off and like, you know, in a really stressful situation and my apps, then suddenly my Apple Watch is telling me to breathe. It was like, are you serious? (laughs) Um, No, I, I like, in in theory, I like this idea. So, kind of side comment i practice transcendental meditation so i do meditate i'm appreciative of stress releasing techniques Mm -hmm. um i think one of my like annoyances here is in the fact that kind of the commercialization of spirituality and taking like spiritual practices and then turning them into kind of gimmicky apps and there's a lot of kind of meditation apps out there some of which may be very useful but many of which just seem like superficial solutions to what can be very practical of meditation and Mm -hmm. breathing exercises so i think that's a little bit of my annoyance and also just the concept of a notification telling me to breathe it's like (laughs) i'm gonna breathe actually it's involuntary yeah important part of living but thank you (laughs) um the thing that excited me was in addition to the apps loading quickly was the app doc yeah so what's the deal with the app doc so right now if you tap your side button you're gonna go to that circle of friends that nobody uses yeah ever (laughs) i every time i accidentally end up on my circle of friends i'm like i never use it yeah it's a mistake yeah um, so now that's going to go to a dock in the way that you can swipe up and see like your favorite apps right now. It's kind of like multitasking, you mean? Um, I don't think so much, but because mm. on Apple Watch you swipe up and then they have the, what do they call them, glances, I yeah, think? Yeah, they have the glances. Yeah. And so basically if you tap your side button, you'll now go to the new glances, mm-hmm. but you can also have third party apps and generally more information. 
Yeah, I think the notion is basically that like we have a dock on our iPhone of our most used apps right. on the bottom of the iPhone, this would be a way to access that. Obviously, you can't have a dock because the screen's so small, right. but now you have a quick access to your top used apps. Because I do like, I keep mm. quite a few apps on my Apple Watch because it's like, oh, maybe I'll want that someday. And I like <laughs> the notifications of them. Yeah. Like Messenger, I have on my watch because then I get a little more functionality if somebody sends me a Facebook message. Mm -hmm. But I never go to it. I just like it for the notifications. Right. There's probably only three or four apps that I regularly use on my Apple Watch. So mm -hmm. having a dock there seems really valuable. Mm -hmm. Having a circle of friends, not so much. Right. Yeah, just because, I mean, I don't think any of us are really making that many calls on our phone. And if I am, I'm using I mean, Siri. On our watch. <laughs> yeah, on our phone, we, we tend to make calls. But on our watch, <laughs> I, I'm using Siri even if I do. I actually made a phone call from my watch the other day for the first time in months. Mm -hmm. I was like on my moped and <laughs> didn't, I wasn't driving, don't worry. I was just kind of <laughs> sitting there and I didn't want to get on my phone. And I used Siri. It was nice. I'm going to do that more. But still not doing Circle of Friends. Yeah. yeah, no. And instead of, you know, since swiping up, that will no longer go to glances. They're going to take the control center and add one to watch. So that's kind of cool. There you go. Oh, wait. Swiping yeah. up will no... I didn't catch that. Swiping up, control center. you'll get a control center just like but on your But you phone. won't get glances? My glances will go away? Your glances are now the dock. I'm so confused. I okay, thought there was so a dock like, and a glance. There's yeah. not. Oh, I'm less excited now. Really? Why? Because it's going to be the same information. Uh, I like my dock. I mean, I like my glances. <laughs> I just gave David the sad yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was getting a little mopey there. I'll admit it. <laughs> um, yeah, I like my glances. We'll see. Yeah. The dock seems nice. I think you'll be okay. I'll probably. Change is scary, but I'll survive. <laughs> um, overall, thumbs up, thumbs down on watchOS improvements. Thumbs up for me. Thumbs up. One one last feature I wanted to mention was Scribble. Oh, yeah. Yes. This is a big one. Yeah. So with when you're messaging, currently you can use uh, Siri to dictate a message. You can enter in an emoji or canned responses, but you can't type. Mm -hmm. So Scribble kind of lets you get around that. You can you use your finger to handwrite letters, and it will transcribe them into text. Mm -hmm. And so this is something – it is still a really small screen, and so – it's kind of, I'm curious whether or not it'll be still inconvenient. But right now I find myself in situations where I want to respond and I'm like, you know, around people. So I don't want to be dictating it. Uh, right. And so this could be a nice feature to get around that. I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. Bringing back the Newton functionality. Mm -hmm. Apple Newton in the like, let's see, would that be the 80s or the early 90s? Had that same functionality. Really? And it was always made fun of, of course. It was pretty glitchy back then, and I imagine it works a lot better now. Yeah, yeah. this will all hinge on how well it works. To me, this is another one where Don and I are in disagreement. <laughs> um, I'm the new Sarah David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I think that uh, I agree with you with the use case. There are times somewhat frequently where I get a text message that the canned responses don't work. I don't want to dictate, and so I have to take out my iPhone mm -hmm. instead of being able to type. <laughs> Awful. I know. <laughs> it's the worst. My iPhone's all the way in my pocket. <laughs> but I'm just skeptical. I, I I believe them that the technology will work well enough. Like, it'll recognize the handwriting. Right. But I'm skeptical of the time. Like, I feel like it's going to take me, like, first of all, you're not going to type a sentence. Like, that would take you, like, an hour. But right. even typing a word or two, I feel like I'm going to still just reach for my phone and get it. Like, I'm going to get annoyed sitting here spelling out, like the word Starbucks, which was the example they used. I'm just going to grab my phone and type Starbucks. 
But if it's like if I'm leaving to go pick up a friend, which I do often, then, <laughs> you know, they text me and I can very quickly and easily swipe up and do an O, uh, an M and a W, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But you could also just add that to your canned responses if you do it frequently. Yeah, I've never done that on my Apple Watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, to be honest, I, I haven't really spent a lot of time, like, editing my canned responses uh-huh. either. I have. I've added lots of emojis. <laughs> really? Emojification. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're getting to it. We're getting yet. to it. The only thing I did do, and this was actually because from feedback Donna gave, is... Um, it's funny because when you do the canned responses, some of them are just like, okay. And Donna was telling the story how she just hit the canned response, okay, and it, she showed up. Her, it, what, you can tell the story. I think it was just with one of my friends like, are you mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> well, your friend was like, I'm running late. And you just like hit the okay button. And they're like, geez, I'm sorry I'm yeah. late. <laughs> it's like that great Onion article we can link to it. It was like, ice queen fails to use exclamation points in email. <laughs> and so I went and added like, I don't know, is either an okay smiley face or an okay exclamation right. point. It's a weird texting thing that if it you is. don't add that, they sound angry. It yeah, is. you kind of, it's kind of forced. I feel like the whole texting thing, it's become pretty like childish pretty middle school it's yeah. like even pretty professional people are sending all these ridiculous emojis i mean i enjoy doing it but it's just funny yeah it is <laughs> it's I, like I, the new I, norm yeah totally it's gonna and, get worse and you, it's weird <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll get to that it's yeah. weird because you need to it's true it's like yes. become mandatory and if you don't it looks like you're being rude right. which yeah. is a weird psychological thing okay overall i'm gonna say this was a good core update for them. They fixed the mm-hmm. things that they had to fix. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't add anything silly. <laughs> they also didn't add anything that was, like, mind-blowing. They just fixed the things True. they need to fix. So True. I'm going to say thumbs up, but not, like, blown out of the water. The thing that I really wish that they had added was more um, more types of workouts that yes. the mm-hmm. Apple Watch could track. Now you can – they have activity sharing where you can, like, share what you're doing with friends so they can see every step you take and see if you measure oh, up to them. That was but the dumb – I forgot to, we forgot yeah, to mention that. activity sharing. So, you know, if you're into that, which a lot of Fitbit users <laughs> yeah, do, you, you can, like, join competitions yeah. and all that. And so, you know, that is – if it's something that – if you're working out on your own a lot and you want to have that kind of community vibe, this will let you do that mm-hmm. where you're – and then it'll like let you send messages to the people you're competing with. Like they have canned responses like, like a boss or uh-huh. you're going down, stuff like that. So, so yeah, you silly. can tell from our tone that that wasn't our favorite update. But yeah. I mean, it's true. I a do lot think of people, people do appreciate community, yeah. especially, you know, people who are really trying to get in shape and have partners doing that totally. or trying to lose sense. weight and have partners doing that. That uh, goes a long way. I, 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 Sarah said it best. Yeah, she, she said, did. I prefer to keep my shame to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I so rarely hit my goals and like, yeah. I feel ashamed enough about it. I don't need to share that information with my friends <laughs> exactly. every day that I like sat on the couch instead of working out. Um, but yeah. yeah, I agree. That was the thing that I missed the most because mm-hmm. activity tracking is one of my favorite parts of the Apple watch Same. and I, I really like it. But, um, I think that. I do a lot of workouts that there isn't a category for. Um, any type of weight training, no category. I know, I hate You that. just choose other for every other thing, but I, I'm not getting the feeling when I'm doing that that it's accurate. It's like tracking it accurately. Yeah. To me, and, and another thing we didn't mention is that they added 
a wheelchair, time to roll. Oh, that was cool. That was very cool. They made mm -hmm. it where if you're in a wheelchair, now it can track the rotation of the wheel as steps mm -hmm. for your activity, and there's going to be two new activity apps for that. But that does tell me that they can then create the software to also recognize things like weightlifting. And oh, absolutely. So mm -hmm. I think maybe like 3.2, maybe we can get lucky with a couple of those. Maybe. Yes. I also would have liked to have seen just the activities app UI updated a bit. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've noticed, because I started downloading uh, a few other third-party uh, activity trackers, like uh -huh. RunKeeper, and it makes you realize how terrible the UI is for activity. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going for a run, basically what they do is they put one metric per screen. So if you want to know your heart rate, you go in the heart rate. If you want to know how far you've run, you have to like, while running, swipe over. Yeah. If you want to know your pace, again, while running, you swipe over. Whereas you use RunKeeper or Strava or any of those other ones, and they show you all the information on one screen. So you're not like staring at your Apple Watch trying to navigate it while running. Right. Don't they also give you heart rate zones to let you know kind of how you're doing? Um, I'm sure some apps. apps do. I yeah. haven't seen that. One okay. of the things I find actually Fitbit does that is heart rate. My, do you guys find when you work out the heart rate's a bit buggy? Like, yes. it'll be like ha at least half the time just won't give me any information. And then like some of the it's time really it'll laggy. give me just clearly bad information. Yeah. Like I'll be like sweating and like really tired and it'll be like, your heart rate's at 45. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you are wrong. <laughs> well, remember when we, we, I wore three different activity trackers and compared the results, the Apple Watch was actually pretty accurate, but it would have random false readings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's something you have to look out for. But like, I want oh, it no, to be... wait, my heart rate isn't 45 or not like 210, you know? Yeah, but I also want it to be like, a faster feedback loop because it's yeah. like it's it's if it's accurate after the fact it's not as useful as if I can look at my watch and keep my heart rate in a certain zone right um, which I struggle to do so overall yeah I guess that would be the area that was I felt lacking was an update to a better update to activities mm -hmm. um, but overall solid update yeah yeah for sure all right iOS 10. Let's get into it. The one it. you've been waiting for. <laughs> so first of all, kind of as an overview, this was a big update. Mm -hmm. I was surprised. iOS 8, iOS 9 were similar to kind of how we're describing um, watchOS. Mm -hmm. They were kind of just like they fixed a few buggy things, but were kind of not really like new features, exciting things, update. Right iOS 7 obviously was a huge update. This, to me, was the biggest update since iOS 7. I would agree. It was like they they packed a lot into this. So we got a lot to cover here. Um, Apple gave us their top 10 things, and then there's a m bunch more, which we'll discover later. So mm -hmm. let's go through it. Um, who wants to read the first one? Um, Apple Music. Uh, Apple Music got an update, and... Uh, Basically, from what I could gather, the biggest things was it has a for you section now, so it creates. Well, you already had a for you section. They just they updated it. Yeah, the they for updated you. it, made it better for you, I guess. Better in what way? Could you tell? I, not, not from their introduction. Maybe mm. more personalized, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. We'll so, see. so yeah. Connor's gonna write an op-ed on yes, this. You want to give us a few spoilers? What was your takeaway? Were you happy with the update for Apple Music? Well, my first impression when I saw the redesign, because they totally changed the way it looks, mm -hmm. 
was it reminded me of like a 90s web page. Ooh, <laughs> that's never good. I know, where it was just like a, a very like simple title and then all white and then just like literally just the HTML parts you needed to see and nothing really <laughs> else going on. See, I, I kind of like the minimalist zen look. I thought yeah. the redesign looked nice, yeah, actually. Yeah, and uh, that's why I didn't speak up yeah. while we were writing. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm sure I'll be fine with it and get used to it, but... Even so, like, the redesign isn't my main concern. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the functionality. More, yeah, the functionality. Like, they're adding... They added lyrics. They added lyrics, which is So you is can swipe cool. up when you're listening to a song and see the lyrics. Which is awesome, because we all need to sing along. Yeah. <laughs> which was really funny, actually, to see the Apple executive, when announcing this, <laughs> tried to get everyone in the audience to sing she along. She was amazing, by she the way. She was great. She was great, but... The developers in the audience were not into it. <laughs> I was like rapping along classic. from here. <laughs> Rapper's delight. It's a classic. But yeah, no, definitely she was. Kind of, she was very like hip, and they and like <laughs> WWC doesn't necessarily attract like the hippest audience. Right. But she was great. I mean, she it was, was, awesome. brought it was a fun energy to the presentation. She and did. It, she was very was, genuine too. Apple, to their credit, has done a good job of bringing out more minorities and more women. Yeah, we saw like three women this time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they really got called out for it hard a couple as they should yeah as they should especially for a company that prides itself in being progressive and supporting so to their credit they did that Mm -hmm. um but sorry so lyrics (laughs) what else um there's gonna be a browse section now so you can look at top charts in the genres which is nice because in itunes you can see all that but right now in apple music you can only see what's tailored for you which is obvious like spotify had that from the beginning like it's another one you kind of roll your eyes you're like really this is an update that took round two to to add well Mm -hmm. and that's the point that i'm at is like i've been using apple music since it came out you know i did the three-month free trial and i've been paying it for it since but if this redesign and update doesn't like meet all the like minimum requirements i need i'm switching like i'm at that point i honestly and i know i'm like for some reason i feel very passionately about this (laughs) you do (laughs) um i don't know why anybody uses apple music spotify is just way better which Uh, by the way there are 15 million paid subscribers to apple music now so a lot of people are using it system it really is for me it's just the ease of it being a part of everything else yeah that's that's true that's That's true um but i and actually both the old uh, express the old design and the new design, I think looks really nice. Like I think yeah, Spotify I has kind of a, a crappy UI. Uh, it's like kind of a little bit clunky and not that easy to use. It doesn't look that nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but feature wise, I think it's nice. The main thing that they're missing, in my opinion, to Apple Music is missing. And I wrote an article about uh, comparing these two a while back. That probably still holds up and we can put put it in the podcast article the main thing that they're missing is the the social features like they chose to be social in letting artists share things with fans Mm -hmm. but to me that's like what facebook and twitter are for connect you just don't need it yeah whereas the social that i want that spotify has is like show letting you share playlists with your friends letting you like see what your friends are listening to and this is a controversial one some people like it some people don't but i like seeing what my friends are listening to and seeing gives you ideas yeah i'm always kind of clicking around and like Mm -hmm. following their playlists um that's a really big one the other one that i think apple music is missing that just makes spotify so amazing is the discover weekly yeah, mm-hmm. I do really like, like the, Discover Weekly. So Spotify, I'm sure I've talked about it on this podcast a bit, but Spotify puts together a customized playlist for you every week based on your listening history. And it's actually really 
interesting how they put it together. They use a lot of really advanced metrics to do so. But so that's something that Apple isn't doing as good of a job on. And collaborative playlists, that's something you can only do on Spotify too, right? Like share a playlist with a friend and create it together. Um, I think so, yeah. I, I know you can't do that on Spotify. I didn't know. I don't know. I don't think, yeah, yeah. definitely can't like co-create a playlist mm-hmm. on Apple Music. Yeah. All right. So we got a lot to cover here and we're running a little bit low on time. So what are some other updates for iOS? Siri is going to be open to third-party developers, and that's been kind of a long time coming and is a pretty big update Mm -hmm. because being able to launch your third-party apps and do things that with those third-party apps using Siri is is huge. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm really excited about this one. It's another one where it's like, it's about time. Yeah, Yeah. and it's it's one of those two where it's kind of like a a foundational update like it doesn't sound sexy but it's gonna you're gonna use it a lot and it's gonna be really valuable yeah yeah i mean it opens up so many new possibilities siri they're also bringing siri intelligence to the keyboard meaning which is interesting because you know siri is kind of hard to define now yeah you know you think of the voice sometimes i'll say siri when i'm just doing voice dictation and i'm like that's not really siri (laughs) you know who is siri really (laughs) but this it's just really they're saying Siri intelligence in the keyboard, meaning that they'll like basically glean more information from what you're writing to people in order to suggest what you might want to say back, mm-hmm. which is a whole new level of like feeling like you're being spied on. Mm-hmm. But Apple, I mean, they made a whole point about how they're not creating user profiles from you. They're right. not using any of your information. So um, so that should be really useful. Yeah. Faster typing. Yeah, definitely. The, I mean, especially on my Apple Watch, which I imagine it'll, it'll come to that too. It happens pretty frequently where somebody will ask me a question like, do you want to come at 12 or do you want to come at 1? And sometimes Apple Watch gets it right, but a lot of times Apple Watch doesn't give me like the preset like just tap the 1 or tap the 12. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so having more predictive, like they did a really good job in this one of kind of predictive what you would want to do. Another example is sometimes somebody will text or email you and say like, hey, do you want to go to brunch at noon on Thursday? Now you can tap on that. Before you could tap on it and it would pull up noon on Thursday, now it'll pre-fill it like brunch with so-and-so. So So that's another just like getting better at this kind of deep learning contextual stuff. Totally. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Um, Let's see. The Photos app also got a really big update. Oh, yeah. Memories. Yeah, basically this was to me an Apple playing catch-up. Because Google Photos has gotten a lot better with this functionality, and Facebook came out with a memories app that is very similar to this. Um, So this was Apple being like, oh, no, we're really behind. Let's catch up. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As opposed to being like an innovator coming up with creative new things. Totally. Basically what the photo app, the new photo app does is it does a lot better job indexing stuff. So, for example, if you uh, go to Las Vegas frequently, it'll combine all those into, like, trips to Las Vegas. Or, like, it'll, like, do facial recognition to know times you spent with, you know, like, photos with Donna. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does a good job of letting you search that stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. much more in-depth search where you can be, like, show me photos from with Donna from 2013 or something like that. And iPhoto on the Mac did has done this before with the facial recognition part. Okay. So you can go to a screen where it shows like all the faces of people that you've taken mm-hmm. the most pictures of and you can like click on it and see. I find it so a bit like creepy. That. It is, it is, but so it's weird. also really useful. Yeah, it is. And um, I, 
the it sounds like it'll do something a little bit like memories on Facebook too where because it says it will like remind you of people like important people to you or events so like you'll probably get reminders like for your anniversary or someone's mm-hmm. birthday or things like that with photos of them mm-hmm. that sort of thing I is what I gathered well I, I, it'll do yeah I know um I know it's a little bit cheesy but I kind of like the little automatic videos they created for I do you too. <laughs> so what oh, they'll yeah. do is from your trips from the kind of automatically created collections that they're putting together like trip to Vegas uh you can then it'll like take all the photos show. and make a little like slideshow that combines your videos and your pictures from the trip and does the Ken's Burns effects and plays cheesy music. <laughs> and it was fun. I liked it. I did too. I thought it was Like, kind of despite myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maps got a pretty big update. Just, uh, it got a lot mm-hmm. more kind of integrated with all your other apps. Like, it, it became... Oh, yeah. It seemed like it became less about, like, getting from A to B right. and more about, like, along, like, everything you'd want to do to get to a, B, yeah. to a to B, like look up restaurants from within maps and call an Uber. See and the traffic like, ahead. Yeah. That, now, didn't they already have the see the traffic ahead? That confused me. Yeah, they did. But now they will, they'll like offer up alternate routes once they see traffic, that you're in traffic and will send you, like give you a new ETA and stuff like that that they didn't really do before. See, I'm pretty solidly in the Google Maps camp because they've mm-hmm. been doing this for a while. But again, <laughs> with the integration, I like using Siri to launch maps. That's That's really nice. And that was something also with Apple Music where it's nice to be like, what am I listening to? Find out with Siri and then Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, add it to your music, my music with Apple Music. Stuff like that keeps me using Apple Maps. Yeah, but now they have the third party so you can do that with Google Maps. That's actually really, that's a great point. (laughs) But no, there is something nice about keeping everything in the uh, ecosystem. Right. Um, But I'm... I'm a rebel. <laughs> um, okay, we have to talk yeah, about the Yeah, we've held off long enough. We've really let's tried. Talk about it. I know, we've alluded to it a lot. Some too. good, some bad. Let's just let's start by summarizing, and then we can complain. So what are all the things that they added to messages? Connor, I mean, tell us. <laughs> like, it's all a blur of emojis. <laughs> so yeah, they, they made up a word, emojification, mm-hmm. which basically you can tap a little button and it'll, it'll highlight <laughs> in yellow the words that you could replace with an emoji. Yeah. Right. So it'll be like, I love blah, blah, blah. And you pizza. can like tap love and turn it into a heart, tap pizza and turn it into a piece of uh-huh. a slice of pizza, which d- will save you time because you don't have to scroll through like the many pages of emojis and... Did- It's getting harder because they're adding more emojis. But did anybody as a kid have those books where... Mad Libs? No, not even that. Those were awesome. But (laughs) those books where it would would be the words and then they would have a picture and then more words and a picture. And it was actually like your job as a kid to write down what that picture meant, like to do the opposite. Oh, yeah. So it's like turning us into children. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It just... I just can't. Emojis in general are turning us into children. Yeah. I just can't. So emojification, that was one thing. There's the background. You can do do all these effects. You can have like like, fireworks in the background and balloons in the background. You can also... Also add effects to each message. You can make it big and then small again, or yeah. blurry, so you can hide something it's, behind it. It's like yeah, disappearing ink, disappearing and, ink, and all this just yeah. Yeah, it felt like to me like a bunch of stickers. A bunch of stickers. Bunch oh yeah, they had stickers. Also, yeah, uh, it felt to me like 
a bunch of people who weren't necessarily that in touch with pop culture sitting around being like, what are kids doing these days? I know. How can we make kids like us? Yeah. And it was like, you're Apple. You're not, like, you don't need to, like, go out of your way to come be hip and trendy in that way. Right. Be hip and trendy with, like, really good UI and, like, really well-designed products. Right. But um, the, Noah, our COO, did make a really good point that some of the features are actually really cool, but they did, they showed them off in a way that made them seem, mm-hmm. like, out of touch. Yeah. Like, one of them was um, Jib Jab. Like, mm-hmm. so you can, Jib Jab, like, you can create these funny, like, stick your head on a body of a cartoon and, like, it plays music and does a funny thing. But it does show, like, an integration with other apps that you can, maybe it wasn't Jib Jab for this, but, like, you can, um, in general like there was include cool integration integration yeah. with other apps like also yeah. sending payments you can send money to people that's very helpful mm-hmm. so. you could there was uh, i'm trying to think of some of the other examples of things that, oh you could like send a song and play it within yeah. the messages app so yeah. the, the, here were the, like a music video these were the things that these i the liked the in, yeah. there was a lot of like smarter in text um like display options Uh yeah like slack has really done a great job with Mm -hmm. and apple hasn't quite caught up with which is like if you send somebody a link to a youtube video you right now you tap on it it pulls up youtube but now it'll just play within the phone within the message app right and Mm -hmm. i really i actually really liked the like text message songs like i i text people songs all the time and it's like this really weird hassle to get it to like work yeah um, so yeah, the inline displays, you know, if you text somebody like a, uh, a URL, it'll show you a preview. Right. Those were like the, like, that's good UI updates. Right. That's what Apple does well. Apple shouldn't try to be Snapchat, which is, this is what it felt like to me. It, it did. feels like Apple wants to be Snapchat. I didn't think about that, but you're totally right. But Snapchat, Snapchat. And like it, Apple it is. is like a way bigger, way more successful company that way more people rely on. They right. don't need to be competitive to with all the cool things these. kids are doing yeah. these days. Yeah. I agree. Um, but, you know, despite all the, oh, sharing your heartbeat. Yeah, they added some of the <laughs> Apple Watch features that we were like thinking were slowly going to die. Yeah. Such as sharing your heartbeat and sending little sketches, but like a smiley face basically that you I mean, when the, when the Apple Watch first came out, like all of us in the office who had Apple Watches kind of played around with these things. And there was just, <laughs> we couldn't find a use for them that wasn't just like weird. Like right. drawings, there was just no reason to draw anything. Right. And like, there was just no situation which sending somebody your heart repeat was not creepy. (laughs) (laughs) There's one actually really interesting, um, this is getting off topic, but also tell it quickly. But we, in our upcoming productivity issue, we have profiles of professionals and how they're using their iOS devices. And a lawyer said that he and his team, like in meetings, they all have their Apple watches and they do taps on the wrist and they have like one tap means uh, you need to check your email. Two taps means there's an emergency and we need to excuse ourselves and oh. meet in the hall. And like things like that, that for inter-office communication, that wouldn't really apply to us here, but I thought it was a really that creative. Cool. Like, I guess people are coming up with ways to use these in Couldn't you also like, useful you know, ways. text them? I know. I guess if you're in the meeting and you want to tell somebody that that would work well. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, they could be faster than sending a text message. And definitely a little more discreet. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so we're running, back to iOS. Yeah, 10. we're running out of time. That actually was a cool use case. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else that was? Oh, 
Yes. Voicemail transcriptions, thank yeah. God. Yeah, so now, like, voicemail seems on its way out, kind of. Like, you can just text people, but um, now you can listen, you can just read your text, your voicemail instead of... What, what I liked about it is, I mean, I'm still, I'm kind of the last of the generation that actually prefers to call somebody than text. Really? <laughs> um, and so, like, I appreciate that. But when something goes to voicemail, it's usually because... I couldn't answer. Like, mm-hmm. it's a cell phone. It's almost always with me. So if it goes to voicemail, it's because I'm doing something that I can't answer. And if I can't answer it, I really can't check my right. voicemail. But I can sometimes browse the, like, mm-hmm. the if somebody texts me, I can glance at that. So this was a nice kind of medium to take a look at so that you can read this as opposed to having to listen. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, Google came out with this technology in 2008. Right. So, sorry, but it's not, it's not like a breakthrough. No, but it was useful. Yeah. But uh, one one other thing, probably the last thing that I feel like I want to mention is the lock screen updates. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I was just about to say. And so now you can, um, with you, when you have notifications on your lock screen, such as an incoming text message, you can see it in a new way. It's displayed. Uh, they kind of redesigned the way it looks, mm-hmm. which was nice and clean looking. And you can three D touch it if you have an iPhone success or later. Um, to see more information. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, like, any notification you could... It seemed like there were other examples where you could see more that would be useful to well, you. Well, you could... Yeah. They had, like, a little bit of interaction there, which was nice. So it was like, if you... Um, if somebody sent you a text, you didn't have to, like, open up your phone and go to the text message to app to reply. Right. You could literally just text them back from your lock screen. Right. Which so was it's like, really cool. Letting you do a lot more without more having to yeah. actually open up your phone. And then also notifications, they looked a lot, there were widgets added to Notification Center. Mm-hmm. So you could like swipe right for different, your different apps that have new notifications and see things like they're showing sports mm-hmm. um, updates where you could actually see um, like jump to a live game playing mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. And it seems like they've had widgets for a while, but it seems like they're starting to get them right where people are going to use them more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also liked when you 3D touch an app, like now it gives you the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. It, it looks a lot cleaner in the new iOS 10 and it pulls up some quick information. Yeah. So like if you 3D touch text messages, it won't just say give you the, your three options to text. It'll also kind of show you the latest text from so-and-so, you know? Mm, cool. that um, could, yeah. And that was where you saw the score of the game was on ESPN. If you 3D touch it, it shows you like the score of a game that's going on live or something like that. Cool. Cool. So it seems like they're finding more and more ways to use 3D Touch and the notifications. Also, I like that uh, when you lifted up your phone, it, yeah. it lit up. Oh, yeah. Talking about this is making me excited for iOS 10. Like, I think, I there's mean, a lot here. It was unfortunate that they spent so much time on messages because I thought overall, like, I'm gonna, I'd give it two thumbs way up. Like, it was a great update. Yeah. They did a lot of foundational work. They came up with new features that were practical, like, uh, packed it full of a ton of new updates. The problem was they just spent half the time talking about the dumbest feature they had. <laughs> um, and even within messages, they had great updates. They right. just they just wanted to tell us that the kids thought they might be cool. And it was like... Right. I know. But overall, I think iOS 10 is great. And mm-hmm. it was a great update. I'm excited for it. Um, so I think we're out of time. Uh, we can touch base next podcast about Mac OS. We don't really cover Mac as much anyway, but we can talk about it a little bit in the next, uh, in our next podcast. Um, anything else that, uh, you guys saw from any of the iOSs that you're excited about? Actually, before that, let me ask, was there anything that you really wanted to see on any of the OSs that got left out? 
Mm. Mm. I mean, I already mentioned that for the Apple Watch, I really wanted to see more activity, um, more activities that you can track uh, in the workout app. Mm-hmm. But I, oh, for iOS, I really wanted multi-user support. Yeah, that's one of the things people have been asking for for years yeah. and years, and still they haven't done it. Yeah, so I want to be able to share. Support, yeah. I want to be able to share my iPad with. Uh, my husband and I both use it and both have our separate accounts and both be able to be signed in with our Apple IDs separately Mm -hmm. um, because as it is, really it only it's only useful to either one of us if we're if we have all of our accounts signed in it's such hmm. a no-brainer especially so you have for to people personalize who have kids your device for and you. your kids want to use your device and you hand it to them and they have access to all your information they can you know yeah, we yeah, at sense. one time you know one of our coworkers like gave their their ipad to their kid to use and suddenly like everyone in the office got all these gibberish text messages <laughs> <laughs> this was marge and willie oh, uh, you know it's like you just don't you just don't want to do that and it's yeah. such a no-brainer they do need uh, improved parental controls too mm-hmm. i think what about you connor was there anything you were missing I feel like there probably is, but I'd have to check my wish list. You know, they, they didn't, which says something good, because they didn't do anything that, didn't leave out anything that was just glaring. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying you wanted a customizable control center, and while they did... That was did, something a lot of people wanted. Mm-hmm. They switched up the control center, where now you can, when you swipe right, you can just have a screen for music playback, mm-hmm. but as far as I could see, they still set what you can control in control center. Yeah, yeah, I feel like... When we did the iOS 10 wishlist article, we had a lot of comments from people being like, this is what we want. So yeah. I think, I mean, I'll be fine, but I do feel like there are, there's a lot of high demand for it. Mm-hmm. 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 What about you, David? You know, I think part of the reason why sometimes my reaction in these is to get angry is because I often don't spend a lot of time thinking about what I wish it would do and didn't. I just kind of just use it mm-hmm. as is. And so I don't have, I didn't have a long list going in of all these features I felt like they needed to add it to add um I think overall it was just a solid update for all of the products mm-hmm. iOS 10 was definitely the standout yeah um and it, it was really solid um yeah I, I don't I, I nothing comes to mind really and with iOS 10 it'll be there's going to be the beta available uh in July and then the official release in the fall we will be having blog posts teaching you how to update to iOS 10 beta mm-hmm. if that's something you're interested in doing. And then also a lot of warnings about why you might <laughs> not want to do that. But, right. you know, if you're if you're going to do it anyway, we'll teach you how to yeah, do it. Yeah, there you right. go. There you go. <laughs> One of the things that was interesting actually was, uh, I meant coming to mention, watchOS isn't going to be available to the fall, which mm-hmm. leads me to believe that we will see a new Apple Watch in I the fall. I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. you're right. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, Great. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, So first of all, let us know what you thought of all of the different iOSs, any features that you felt like left out or features you didn't like or what you did like about all the OSs. Send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. We'll link to the products we discussed earlier in the podcast and a few articles such as Spotify versus Apple Music. how to update Apple, how to update out of email responses. <laughs> go So to find all that information, go to iphonelife.com slash podcast. Also, iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe to tip of the day. iphonelife.com slash insider to subscribe to uh, iPhone Life Insider. iphonelife.com slash subscribe for the magazine, for the print and digital magazine. Uh, and last but not least, subscribe to this podcast and rate us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye.